Lego. Lego. everybody welcome back to back to brick i'm your host garrett and it's gonna be another designer interview and today's guest his name's luke and uh we're gonna talk about all of his designs from his Flickr account his instagram account which is luke the duke 424 so first i'll say hey luke uh, welcome and uh thanks for taking the time and uh just for everyone's knowledge we've been running around for <laughs> what three months now trying to get this yeah a while <laughs> Yeah. Uh, being on different time zones always affects everything. Uh, so no matter. Thank you, Luke, for coming on and spending yep, time. Thank you today. very much for having me. Glad to be here. We'll, we'll get right down to it. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you like to build, uh, and we'll jump into some of your designs. Awesome. So I've been in the LEGO community for a while now. Not always mocking, more of just the online forums and stuff. But over the past three or so years, been building post a lot on Flickr, on Instagram. When it comes to like building style, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Uh, it's, it's almost a problem with how much money I spend on Star Wars stuff. And I also like doing Bionicle, big fan of that. I read all of the books when I was younger, so I've always really loved that theme. Medieval stuff, you know, classic space. I kind of just build around whatever I want. And when it comes to my place in the community, post on Flickr, post on Instagram, uh, I'm one of the leaders of uh, CWLog, and I'm a part of a, come up, uh, some other groups. So I love just trying new things. I've I, I kind of have an eclectic mess of mocks in my bedroom right now that I'm working on, and it can be kind of weird. Like I don't really stick to one theme, so I'm very open when it comes to where I check around in the Lego community. So if you randomly see me pop into a you know, like a train form or a, even a Duplo plug form, I'll be looking around. Well, that's good. Yeah. Don't limit yourself by just one genre unless that's the only thing you like. And that's also fine. Yeah. I know a lot Especially of people that with just. Parts. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people love just to do Star Wars or just to do um, like city builds, but this is. Um, there's so many things you can build with Lego that it's it's not as great to not limit yourself mm. with those. And I don't see enough crossover either. I'd love to see more mocks that, you know, mix Lego IPs or just creative properties and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's that stuff that has already, always found really cool. Yeah, and I, I it does broaden the, you know, ability. Sometimes it's like that where people just remake some of the old IPs to be in the newer styles. Oh, yeah, totally. But there's definitely abilities to branch out and get some more. That's why I love the Lego movie sets so much, because you see, especially with the, the first film, so many different uh, combinations of themes. Yeah, definitely uh, a good way to be creative, because in the Lego movie, they had to, you know, they couldn't just stay on one IP. The whole thing was talking about the worlds of Lego IP. Yeah, and that totally set up other films, too, which was cool. And I, I wish they would make more, because the, the Lego film universe is something that i've always really liked yeah and i think they will in the future here i i know that it's definitely um it's a good business venture <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they make they make good some good money on that yeah but i'll jump into you know the first question as everybody knows we there's signature figures and things that represent what they want to be or who they are what would you describe as your sig fig and it could be anything what would it look like 
Uh, so I do have a sig fig. If you look at my Instagram or Flickr, it's my profile picture. And it actually has a pretty cool story behind it because it's not really necessarily based on me. Like it vaguely looks like me as, you know, a white guy with brown hair. That's kind of generic. <laughs> but the figure itself uh, with the torso and uh, leg choice was based off of an old avatar I had because... For some of you listening, you've probably, uh, you might have heard of the Lego.com message boards, which was an extension of Lego Club that was on the Lego.com website for like a couple decades, actually. Really big site, really cool, especially for younger people. I was on it when I was younger. I think I started my account when I was like six years old, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> and so my avatar on there is what I based my sig fig off of. Unfortunately, the boards closed back in, I believe, the beginning of 2017, like January of 2017, which was unfortunate because I spent like, I think, eight years on there. So that that part of the LEGO community really defined a lot for me because that was where I started to talk to LEGO fans. That's where I kind of first got exposed to people who made mocks and stuff. It's not as big with the mocking community. It's more of a kid's thing. But it's definitely something that I started out in and have branched out from. So you said you started that when you were six years old. What did you yeah. talk about on, on these message boards? Just like <laughs> what you were building or what like sets you liked? Yeah. So obviously it was a lot more simple when I was six years old because I needed my sister's help to set up an email and join. But the way the boards were organized was just by theme. So, you know, on the top of the site, you'd have like city and friends and Bionicle and stuff like that. And so you could join in different forums, different discussions. It was organized by like topics and replies. So someone would make a topic and then it'd just be a long chain of replies. So sometimes there'd just be general chat rooms where you just hang out and chat with friends. Other places would be talking about like new sets that are coming out or there was some role play stuff that people did where some of the people would pre pretend different characters for like City or Ninjago or whatever. And so I was just all over the place with that, just meeting a lot of people that I still talk to to this day. Well, that's cool. That's like, yeah, the classic forum style where there's subgenres that you can mm -hmm. just chit chat yep. in and post pictures and stuff, which is... um. Uh, that's always fun because then you get that broad dynamic of you can jump between the different genres or ideas and sales and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. And then sometimes you'd find someone who you expect to be in one area and it's like, oh, I know that user, but they're talking in a completely different form than I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I see for me, I don't think I ever heard of it because I think I just got a little older yeah. past it. Yeah, it was definitely something you had to be in your or like your younger childhood days. Definitely, it was moderated. So, Lego actually had a paid team of moderators who made sure there wasn't anything that went against their community guidelines and stuff. And so it, it was just like the galleries, which is good, especially if it's younger kids. You don't want to yeah. make sure that you're not doing anything uh, illegal or yeah. It was very very family friendly. Mm -hmm. That's good. At least that they were there to monitor that part. Yeah. But then, so as you said, you started that when you were six. How did you evolve through using that messenger and starting and building your own mocks? Well, in late 2016, Lego was starting to switch over the platform because like for most of you who would know the Lego Club magazine, it changed to Lego Life. And that was uh, the same with their app that they came out with. So Lego Life was kind of similar to the message boards where you could talk about stuff, only it was a lot 
different in the fact that it was mainly picture-based. So Lego Life came out and replaced their forums and galleries and stuff. And honestly, you know, it's cool for kids, but it's a crappy app if you're a mock builder. So what I ended up doing is I ended up just looking around after things started to close down. And that's when I found people on Flickr and YouTube and stuff like that. I had watched some of the bigger Lego YouTubers for years, people like Jang Bricks or uh, Just Too Good, some of, some of the other really big ones, but I hadn't really delved into the mocking community. So early 2017, when stuff started to close down, that's when I reached out to other places. I found different Discord groups and Flickr groups and kind of went from there. So what drew you in first was uh, Flickr? Was there a specific community that like people were like, said, hey, go over here. This is definitely where we should go as mock builders. Uh, I had a friend in real life who was also made mocks. He doesn't really anymore. But he's like, hey, you should join Flickr. And so I kind of went from there and just followed people. I think uh, the one of the bigger places that connected me to a lot was with Ethan Network. He's a Lego YouTuber who predominantly makes Lego Star Wars mocks. And years ago, I found his Discord because I saw a video when he got interviewed by Beyond the Brick. And so I checked out his channel, found his Discord, popped in there. And that's the the server where I met a lot of the people who I still talk to and I'm a part of groups with to, to this day. That's nice. Now, the... The server, how big is this? The uh, lug, or is it your a specific server just designed to talk about? Uh, it was just Ethan Network's private mm, server. I'm actually, okay. I don't think I'm in it right now, but it's uh, it had a couple hundred people just uh, place talking about Lego, and then from there, that's where I met the people who I started the lug with. Okay, so you, as you said uh, earlier, you said you're a leader of this lug. What is, I guess, what does that mean and how did you start your own lug? Yeah, that's a good question. Basically, I met, I actually wasn't the very first person to start it. There was uh, this guy named Ben, him and a couple other builders on that Discord server got together and started a lug. You know, it was a Star Wars based lug, very similar to Rebel Lug, only on a much larger or much smaller scale called CW Lug, which is just a abbreviation for clone wars lug we wanted to make some prequel content although since then we've branched out a lot and really redefined the kind of stuff we do so the guys got together it was only about like three three or four of them at the beginning started a lug you know posting Mm -hmm. mocks making an instagram stuff like that i joined within i think like two months and then i was appointed to what we call high command that's basically just the group of people who are in charge of things and ever since then, for the last, I think, more than two years now, just been one in the leadership. Uh, ben took a break from Lego for a while, so it was up to me and my friend Julian to kind of lead things. And then he eventually just decided to leave the Lego community just because he was having other priorities in real life, which I understand we all get busy sometimes, and Lego can't be a priority when it comes to the yeah. real world sometimes, so... So since then, uh, he appointed me to be the leader of CW Lug, and my first act as the new Supreme Emperor (laughs) was to uh, appoint my friend Julian as co-leader. That way we kind of just had more of a well-structured power system in in the server. That way if one of us needs to take a break, the other can make up for it. And there's a couple other guys in high command who help 
run the thing. But the main thing is we just live stream together and do collaborations together. So on a live stream, we'll do like a build challenge where some of our members have an hour to build something, whether that's using a specific technique or a, a mo motif or idea. And then we have collaborations like most people would assume it's just we're building on a different subject and we'll release mocks for that theme. I was going to say, it seems very dynamic because as a leader of a lug, you have to make sure that, you know, everyone's, I guess not everyone's participating, but a good bit and having good conversation and mm -hmm. continually yeah. doing events like that, especially in the times like where you can't meet each other or go to conventions and things of that nature. Yeah, definitely. The hardest part, I would say, when it comes to ma managing a lug well is encouraging activity because obviously you can't force people to yeah. talk you can't force people to build and so it's like okay where do we draw the line between being too strict about having people be active and you know giving some people grace because you know real life comes up and people have school and work that they have to take care of so that's definitely the biggest learning experience that i've ever had from the lug oh for sure and it's nice to have a co-leader to kind of balance in those yeah. those responsibilities. Now, when you guys brainstorm things, like, I guess, in the Christmas holiday, what, do you guys have anything coming up that you guys have planned together to do? So last year, we did a Star Wars uh, Christmas collab. And so it was just some Christmas-themed builds from each of the main movies. And so we had that come out, and that was last year. Although this year, the thing is, myself and Julian, the co-leader, both recently started up college. So that has been pretty big in terms of making us less mm -hmm. active. However, we do have plans for collaboration that we're working on during Christmas break. And the collaboration is going to start in the beginning of next year. So your builds are very scenic um, mm -hmm. and they have usually some sort of storyline. How does, how does that come about and what's your process for choosing something like that? Yeah, it really just depends on the pro project. Like if you look at my Flickr, a lot of the more recent ones are cinematic, and that's because of the group I was in at the time. Uh, a lot of Star Wars builders know of the group called Dark Times. It's like a uh, RPG style. So you have your character, your character has a story, and you build mocks based on that. And so more, some of my more recent mocks on Flickr are on that. So you've got my main character going through different events and scenes but then sometimes if i'm not building for that group or or a collaboration that's based on a story you know i can switch it up it just it just so happens that more recently a lot of my stuff is more scenic and i like things to be more scenic one of my favorite mocks is my mimbam mock which is uh just a smaller mock that i made uh late last year and it's just just got a quick little scene of some Imperials going through this tunnel and then emerging. And there's this Mimbanese fighter. And I didn't really make a story for it, but you can just see from the pictures their reaction to this, you know, guerrilla warfare going on on the planet and stuff like that. And I like to paint a picture, but I don't take it too seriously. Sometimes I'm willing to make a mock that's just more benign, you know, like a little spaceship or something like that. So, but what draws you to some of these scenes? Because you said you were part of a, a specific group. Mm -hmm. Is it just selected by like a the community? Like, oh, let's do a, a mock on this scene. Well, the group specifically I was a part of was Dark Times. And so they've released what are called targets. So let's say a target comes out for the Star Wars planet Nar Shaddaa. So my mm -hmm. character being 
more of like a smuggler type. Obviously, I'm not going to be having my character do something like helping feed the poor. That's not what my character would do. My character would go assassinate a crime lord or something like that. So they give us the planet and the targets. Like, okay, make a. The target of this project is to make a mock on this planet. So I research the planet. Okay, what's Narshada? Well, in Star Wars, Narshada is like a crime city. It's very. It's controlled by uh, the huts, like Jabba the Hut. And there's a, there's a lot of decay and a lot of corruption there. So I wanted to make something showing that. So I had my character assassinating a rival gang leader. And you've got like the neon signs on the building. And you can kind of tell that, you know, this is more of a classy building that the gang leader lives in. And, and down below on the streets and the slums, there's probably more disparity there. So I kind of I kind of look at the target that I'm given and I try to envision what my character would do in that scenario and then just try to see how that translates into brick form. In reference to, you know, the extent of your Star Wars knowledge, do you read about it? Do you just watch forums? How how do you gain the knowledge to understand and portray these scenes in the most accurate way? It really just depends on uh the project. Like for if let's say a target's given and I've never heard of the planet before then I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be peeking around Google Images and Wikipedia, maybe watching some some YouTube videos. But if it's something really common like Kashyyyk, you know, the Wookiee planet, well, you know, I've seen parts of the video games and the movies that goes there, and I know quite a bit about that. So it, it depends on if I've already been exposed. But if like right. I come to something and I've never seen it before, then I take some time researching it. I gotcha. And do you get help from people in in your specific group? Like, hey, I don't know this planet, and oh, definitely, I wanna... yeah, yeah. On some groups I'm a part of, we have like inspiration channels where people can post different reference pictures. So let's say mm-hmm. I f- I find a really cool drawing that someone's made of this Star Wars planet, I'll post it there just because some people might not be able to find that drawing, and it can be good for inspiration on you know the kind of scene we got going there. Oh, that's cool. Now, is there any of as you said, you had a favorite that you've built. Has there ever been one that's challenged you to the point of that you you almost gave up? You were like, <laughs> ah, this might not be a good one to build. Yeah, definitely. I've I have that ha- happen quite often, and usually it's because I procrastinate the build, and then my deadline comes up, and I have to <laughs> rush to get it. Uh, but in more. Because I'm not obviously one of the best builders. I, I'd say I'm decent, but I like to kind of push myself to make it. Uh, I want to learn something every time I build, you know, try a new technique or whatnot. Yeah. So, so one of the more recent mocks that was difficult for me was uh, for another lug I'm a part of. It's LOTR lug, which stands for Lord of the Rings lug. And we were doing a collab on The Hobbit, J.R. Tolkien's novel. And it was based off of the book, not off of the movies. So mm. that was a bit difficult because I had uh, less reference to go off of. Because obviously right. you see the movies and you can take screenshots of the movies and be like, okay, this looks like that. And I did do that, but I had to change some things. And so as I'm working on this mock, I was about 80% done. And then I realized I did not have enough bricks to finish it. And so I had, I had to go back and take off some bricks that I had used as filler bricks and replace it yeah. with like other other colors. And so that mock, I, I got it done before the deadline. And I had like 
a few days to spare, so I was totally good on that. But the build itself was really challenging because I was trying these rock work techniques that I had never done before. But it came together and is definitely one of my favorite builds that I've made. I'll say rock work is always very challenging. I'm still trying to sort definitely. it out myself for some of my builds, but uh, there's some people that just have a knack for doing those kind of builds. Yeah, and one thing I set for myself for the year 2020, which didn't really pan out because obviously this year has been an outlier of sorts, <laughs> to say the least. One thing I set for myself was for each mock to try a new technique. So if I'm going to be building something, I want to try a building technique I've never used before. Uh -huh. And so I, I've tried to do that for each of my mocks. And I've made quite a few. I took a break during some of the earlier parts of the year. So I haven't posted nearly as many mocks this year. But I've made quite a lot of mocks that I just haven't posted yet. And I always try to put in a technique that's different that I've never really seen before on my Flickr or Instagram. Well, that's good. It, it, it broadens your understanding of how to build things. Yeah, and then things get easier because I can work on projects like if i if i practice rock work a few times then it gets easier the more i do it and then i can make better mocks and yeah so then you can go back and maybe you're building a house this time and you're like oh well i have a rock technique that i tried a couple months ago i can definitely get back into mm -hmm. yep and then i can kind of get better and better as a builder by you know experience obviously experience is the greatest way to become better at something so by trying new things my level of detail that i can put into things gets greater exactly and it, and you know this you build more and more things you can create more detail or understanding and create designs that people recognize far better than if they were just like you know using a two by four brick and then yeah. here and yeah <laughs> yeah and like for my most recent mock we were doing a collaboration not with a lug just with a group of friends i have and we were rebuilding some of the old bionicle 2001 toamata with brick built pieces and for some of the guys they had made brick built figures quite a few times so it was great for them for me very different story because i wasn't <laughs> even up I, I was not even a part of the collab at first you know i was i was seeing them work on stuff but i wasn't really able to build and then <laughs> one of the guys had to drop out of the group or out of the projects just for different reasons and so it was tuesday night this week and i get a message from julian and he's like do you see what's going on i was like no i haven't been paying attention to what's happening <laughs> he's like well we just lost one of our guys and so the collab the final piece of the collab is not going to be uploaded this thanksgiving and so i had basically just all of wednesday afternoon to join and build and so i so i just messaged one of the guys i was like hey i'll do it so i had to try not only in a very short span of time to build something decent but i also had to use techniques i've literally never even tried before and so it was it was a really challenging build yeah and sometimes the time crunch does help you like say mm -hmm. oh well now i can i know how to do these this is easy Definitely. after the fact unfortunately in the moment you're like holy shit this sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely as you continue to learn these things you you say you want to continue and adapt in your builds and build mm -hmm. more what's kind of your end goal is it this is your just you want to make sure that you're proficient and continue to grow in the hobby or further from that I think every LEGO fan's dream to an extent is to become self-sufficient, you know, to be able to get some kind of revenue that pays for the hobby because the hobby is very, very expensive. But for me, you know, I've I've been at this for a few years now and I know the reality of that. It would take a lot of work to get to that point. So honestly, I just want to, my goal is to look at my list of projects 
and be satisfied knowing that I actually wanted to do that. Because there was a time where I was building quite a few mocks just because it was a, you know, a part of a group I was in. And if, if I was not a part of that group, I would have never made those mocks. I would have had no reason to. And there wasn't really any heart behind the builds. And so for me, I, I kind of I took a step back. And I left a couple groups I was in, not because the groups were bad, just because I wanted to like refocus on building things that I wanted to build and, you know, spending more time, putting more effort into things that, you know, I can, I can be more proud of. So for me as a goal, I really just want to get to a point where I'm building mocks that really are unique and creative, that use cool techniques and that, you know, people, when they, when they follow my account, they're actually getting something that they don't get elsewhere. Yeah, it's not just the, oh, I just recreated something that already was made, yep. but now I can make an entirely new system to it. Yeah, like I recently I recently started on like a little modular building mock, and that's totally outside my sphere of building. I haven't done anything like that in a really long time. And it's not for a collab. It's not for anything like that. I don't even know if I'll end up posting it. I haven't, I haven't worked on it for a bit. But it's just the kind of thing where I wanted to, build a building and so i'm going to do that and try some new techniques and it's going to have a lot more heart inside of it nice well and what is the building of uh i have like this little uh it's it's actually two buildings it's, it's split so you've got just the sidewalk and then there's a pub it i built it using uh one by two dark red or maroon plates so it has like this really cool brick texture to it and it's kind of like any, uh, if you've ever been in like an Irish pub where it's got like the wooden paneling on the inside and you've got the bar where you can get, you know, your your craft beers and your freshly baked bread from the little oven on the side and just stuff like that. So there's that little side and it's got like an outside dining area I'm working on. And then I wanted to contrast, you know, the the older style building that's more classic right next to like a modern tech store. And so I've got these really large window pieces I got at a convention years ago that I've never used in a mock. And so I've got like this really open window and it's kind of like an Apple store where you've got all the different tech on display. So I wanted to like have one side of the road be, you know, more classic old architecture next to the more modern to give give some contrast that's cool yeah and like in a standard modular build you're not going to get just one building they always put at yeah. least two there to give that difference and appeal because yeah like the i mean the latest one was like the the police station they've yeah, got two other little buildings next to it yeah and for this it's definitely not quite to the scale of modular building it's on a it's on a base plate and so it's 32 by 32, same size sidewalks and all that. But the buildings are smaller because I don't have the most parts. And I'm I'm just trying something new. It, it'd definitely be that, you know, smaller side of town, not necessarily the tall buildings, but more of the old town area. Yeah, yeah. Now, for your builds, do you only build digitally? Or excuse me, with regular bricks? Or do you build digitally at all? I've never done anything digitally. Like I had this Lego game. It was an old CD-ROM game from the early 2000s. I think it was called Lego Creator. It was like basically the first Lego digital building software ever made. And I played with that, but that was like when I was a toddler. So since then, I've never really done anything digitally. Although I'm interested to because that opens up so many possibilities with bricks that I don't own that I can use 
Right. Yeah, it, it does have the brick count. And sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, I need this brick. And then you realize it's like $20 a brick. And like, actually, <laughs> yeah. I'll find something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been in that situation. Yeah. And then I know I think that you can load in like with Studio, you can load in a specific set or make your own catalog of bricks, which is cool because then you can determine like, hey, I have these bricks instead of not just having like two or three of the ones you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Are you working on any collaborations right now? Or uh, I know you just finished the Bionicle one. Are you, or are you just working on your own builds at the moment? Uh, I'm not building any collaborations, but with being in high command for my lug, I'm working on collaboration, you know, figuring out what uh, what collab we're going to have for the beginning of the year. So, mm-hmm. but when it comes to mocks, I've just got a couple of small mocks. Like I've got that modular that I was working on. But nothing, nothing that uh, is collab related yet. There's going to be more coming very soon, though. That's cool. With your collab collaborations, why well, I can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> how many people usually join in on a collab like that? Uh, we like to keep it around ten. Uh, we find if there's anything bigger than than fifteen, it can get really difficult because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a member will join the collab and see all these different parts, and so they won't feel as much incentive to get their work done, we've noticed, just because it was like, well, there's 15 parts. If one part isn't finished in time, that'll be fine. And then what happens is on our upload schedule, it can be difficult if there's so many mocks because, you know, people on Instagram, they see a couple collab posts over the span of two weeks and they're like, cool, that was that was a cool collab. But if it goes on for weeks and weeks because of so many different parts, then sometimes people lose interest. So we find somewhere between like eight to 12, which ideally would be around 10, is usually the best because then we can get the collab done in two weeks, but we still have, you know, a decent sized collab. Right, yeah, because people lose interest after a certain point, and you're like, "Well, uh, we we're trying." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and and sometimes some of the better mocks are just coincidentally later in the collab, just because of the builders who are working on them, and so it can be really hard to look at the analytics of our Instagram page and be see all these mocks in the beginning, which are all of them are usually great mocks. We're not going to let someone post something that's crappy, but it, it is hard to see like all these views and likes go to the first few mocks and then the some of the really great mocks towards the end don't get featured yeah which is disappointing for everybody yeah yeah now you also have i i I think i was scrolling you had a youtube but you've Mm -hmm. got followers just no videos and then you talked about that you actually had a podcast before yes yes how how have you kind of branched off and done all these different different medias and then just Mm -hmm. kind of trying to focus on that so there's quite a different there's quite a story with the youtube and podcast as most people in the lego community would know youtube introduced their kappa policy in the beginning of 2020 which was really detrimental for a lot of channels because you would lose revenue if you had what they deemed as kid-friendly content uh which is kind of a contradiction because you see all the youtube scandals are always about non-kid-friendly stuff so now it's like what do i do do i do i try to be family-friendly to not get a scandal or do i try to not be family friendly because i don't want to get coppered is what we call it because the the rule was called coppa it's an mm-hmm. acronym and so for me i was uploading videos for a couple of years before that policy was introduced and then the day that policy came out almost every single one of my videos was taken down by youtube 
uh, basically they marked everything for kids. So what that means, well, they weren't taken down, but they were affected. So when your video gets marked by COPPA, what that means is you lose any revenue, you lose any personalized ads, you lose any searchability, you cannot put it in playlists. Uh, it cannot, there, there are a lot of features that cannot be done. So if someone's trying to find my video and it gets copied, the chances of them being able to find it are pretty low, especially since I was a small YouTuber. I wasn't like a big YouTuber with thousands of subscribers. I just had a couple hundred. So what I decided to do, and it's something that still I'm not happy with, but it's kind of just reality. I decided to just privatize my videos. Uh, I wasn't going to focus on YouTube, just go to other platforms for now. If things change with YouTube, I can always go back. But for now, I'm not really on that platform. I was on there for mocks. I was on there for podcasts. I ran a podcast kind of similar to this. Me and a couple friends, we would just talk about Lego stuff once a week. So if new set pictures came out, we'd talk about that. If some mocks were coming out for a collaboration, you know, just all sorts of different Lego topics. And this would be on all on YouTube. Yep. All on YouTube. Yeah. So now, and I've seen that before. I mean, I've seen people complain and their videos get taken down or just the demonetization of yep. all their hard work, which is, it's just kind of crappy because yeah, you know, Lego is for kids, but it's not just for kids. It's also for the adults and it, it just got generalized. It seems. Yeah. Very unfortunate side effect. And I don't even think YouTube ever noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's just in general, we're not a huge community compared to a lot of mm -hmm. things, but yeah, we're big enough to know that like, hey, like this, you guys should have at least taken this, you know, a little knowledge of what's going on instead of yeah. just change everything without our understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. The unfortunate side effect of when you've got a couple million people having to deal with a multi-billion dollar corporation who's dealing with a billion people, you know, it's, it yeah. kind of, you can't really reach out to the CEO of YouTube because I'm sure she's pretty busy. Yeah. I, she, yeah, she's a pretty busy person. I, I think, especially <laughs> now with everybody watching YouTube constantly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. But as you know, we continue to move forward and try to adapt ourselves. What, what do you see as like your next big venture? Um, maybe not with the lug, but with your own builds and um, moving forward in the Lego community. That's a good question, because obviously YouTube is one of the the dreams that a lot of people has have. You know, you can be a YouTuber and make money from making videos, and that's that's what everyone would love to do. But for me, I, I don't really have, I'd like to branch out in different ways. I think for me, though, there are just things in real life that take more of a precedence. Obviously, I'm in college and I work. And so those will always have to be a priority. That's just reality. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to expanding to things, you know, there's always ideas. You know, I'd like to do podcasting again. I'd like to do YouTube again. Uh but really, I think for me, just because of the amount of time I can devote to Lego, uh, rather than focusing on a on a big goal or a big new project, I'm more likely to just try little things. And after a while, those little things start to add up. So maybe in a few years when I have more time on my hands, 
then, okay, I've learned all these little things over the span of the last couple of years. Now I can, you know, approach some bigger projects, maybe start up like a YouTube series or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's all those different challenges, unfortunately, that you have to kind of either come to reality with. I know there's a lot of people have started to look at um, TikTok as a good venture into Lego just for like their quick build videos or very quick time lapses for people. Yeah, I personally, I've never used TikTok. That's, I guess it was just not a trend that I caught on to, but there, there are lots of different things where I can expand. Like one thing that came to mind, uh, like I go to BrickCon Seattle cause I'm based in Washington mm-hmm. state. Uh, and BrickCon is a great convention. I love going there every year and I bring box every year that it happens, but I haven't really brought one of those big blocks, you know, one of those things you see on Beyond the Brick. So that's definitely something I'd like to do that, that, you know, work on a big project over a long time and, and bring it and display it. That's something that I'm really looking forward to do, hopefully within the next couple of years. That'll be cool. And hopefully as things like start to normalize here in the next year or two, we'll mm-hmm. get, we'll be able to get back to those conventions, which is always nice and fun to display your your builds but also meet other people that are really enjoying your your designs and ideas yeah definitely i we had a online convention for BrickCon this year as most of the conventions did but it definitely isn't the same the the experience of going there and meeting new people is it's so unique and it's really cool because meeting someone online is awesome especially if you build up that rapport with them and you talk with them frequently but meeting someone in person is just a totally different thing. I've met some really cool people over the years. Oh yeah. And I've only been to like two or yeah, two or three and it's always fun. Um, definitely can't wait till we can get back to more of those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. First Luke, I want to thank you again for coming on. This is, this is awesome. I I only have one final question Mm -hmm. and it's always the big one. Everyone's uh, like, Whoa, that's a big question, but I think it really (laughs) summarizes how we, really interact in the lego community it's mm-hmm. with the time that we've been working with lego and had had our time building how do you think lego has affected or changed your life well it definitely has changed my bank account for starting <laughs> <laughs> uh lego has changed my life just in the amount of time i've devoted to it uh just years like as i was saying earlier being six years old joining that message board if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have met some of my best friends. I have people just who I've met over the years who, yeah, we were friends because of Lego, but since then we've become more than just Lego friends, right? People who I've met in real life since then from all across the world. I've got friends, <laughs> I've told people, I have friends on every continent but Antarctica thanks to Lego. So it's that kind of thing where just the amount of people I've met has, if it weren't for the message boards, I would have never reached out to some people. And those experiences are things I could have never gotten elsewhere. So for Lego, definitely it's it's the people, being able to meet people from different backgrounds who have different ideas and different stories and having a chance to interact with them and just get a different perspective. And some of my best friends I've met because of that and I'd consider them family. So I guess I can really thank Lego for for helping me meet a lot of people. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's bringing the community and, and a family of people who like, like this and, you know, find comfort and joy in something yep. together, which is definitely a goal of Lego to, you know, be that connection 
Exactly. And it, like you said, it brings that community back together to really appreciate something like this. Yeah. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't be waking up at five in the morning to get ready to talk <laughs> to someone who I've never met before. <laughs> We've met just through Discord like four <laughs> just, or five just times. Just trying yeah. to get scheduling to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Luke, thank you again. And uh, everybody, please go check out uh, his mocks. And if you're interested in joining a Clone Wars, the CW Lug, it definitely reach out to Luke, Luke the Duke. Yeah, check us out. Yeah, it's a nice community. We've spoken with them before and definitely get out there and join a community. It doesn't have to be a Lego community, but if you're into Lego, this is definitely a good place to good place to be. So, Luke, again, thank you. This was really fun. I I hope uh, you enjoyed it as much as I did. And now you can go back to sleep uh, (laughs) on your Saturday. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm glad we finally had a chance to do this. I really. Yeah. Thanks again, Luke. And uh, everyone out there. Thank you again. For listening, if you like this, please make sure to subscribe, leave us a comment, uh, harsh or not. Uh, I'd like to know how you feel about the podcast and follow us on Back to Brick 2 uh, and Twitter and Facebook. Get creative, get out there, and go build something. 